And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to another brand new episode of This Week in Disney History. I am your host, Milo Beasley, and I'm coming to you live from the Milo Beasley Show studio located 20 miles due east of Cinderella's Castle at the Walt Disney World Resort. Hope you had a fun one last week. I hope you really enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, There was a lot to get into it. And uh, there's a lot this week. Um, when I say a lot, I mean a lot. <laughs> so I had to try to narrow it down. If if I pause at any moment, if you feel like, hey, he's, I feel like he's doing something, it's because I'm probably scratching something off the list because uh, we've already chatted for so long. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So we're going to start with what? Sunday, March 28th. So Sunday, uh, so March 20th, here we are, March 28th, 1929. Going back in that way back machine, a Mickey Mouse cartoon titled The Opry House was the first time that Mickey Mouse is seen wearing his trademark white gloves in a cartoon. So prior to that, he just uh, uh, barehanded it everywhere he went. But now, thanks to the Opry House in 1929, Mickey Mouse has those white gloves that you see everywhere whenever you see Mickey Mouse. Uh, March 28th, 1987, the very first Disney store opens in Glendale, California. It's the first time that a retail store existed for Disney outside of a theme park or a resort. And I was just about to say, and no, we have a million of them, but they pretty, they just closed like a ton of Disney stores. I mean, they did that last year, right? Um, where they closed or maybe two years ago, I guess it was last year where they closed a bunch of the old 90s Disney stores across the country and then they just went through and and um and closed up a bunch more I I know that they announced them I don't have they actually closed yet I think that they did right um I don't remember what the last days for those were I should have done better research so we're gonna go ahead and move along and then kind of related actually yes related uh this is kind of cool um, I wish that this would be, um, I guess, I mean, I, I maybe I'm a little bit biased, but uh, March 28th, 1990, Mickey's Kitchen opens. And nope, not Mickey's Kitchen uh, or Goofy's Kitchen or <laughs> anything like that at a Disney park. No, this was actually a restaurant that was not at a resort. This was actually the first of two test locations. This one would be in Montclair Plaza in uh, LA. It was actually next to a Disney store in this mall area. So they wanted to bring, uh, they wanted to bring people, they wanted to bring buyers to the Disney store. So they brought a Disney restaurant, Mickey's Kitchen, to this non-Disney theme park location. Would eventually close two years later, so it was not 
not very popular. It was not a, a thing. But I wonder in 2021, in this climate where everybody just joneses for Disney World, whether opening up a Disney-themed restaurant would take care of some of those wants and needs. Um, you could reopen some of those you know, if you went to some of those cities that lost the Disney store, I mean, in, in the middle, if you're talking in the, the you know, Nash, let's just say Nashville and, uh, you know, it takes a long time to get to, to get to Orlando or if you're, you know, you're talking Chicago, which uh, a ton of those are, are closing in the Chicago area, but you had a, a Disney restaurant and a, a, a new, better Disney store that went along with it. Would that draw people? And I, th I think it would, but I think it would have to have that little something extra, maybe like a character dining or something to make it feel like it's more Disney than it is a um, just something utilizing Walt's name, which we will actually talk about later on in this week in Disney history. So, or, or maybe is that something that maybe feels like a Hilton head or a Vero beach resort where there's a little bit of Disney, um, but not overly, but I, I, I don't know. I think I, I would like to see, I think, I think that there is a market there for a Disney restaurant and um, some of the, maybe, I mean, I don't know if LA was the best place because if you're going to go to a Disney restaurant next to a Disney store in LA, why wouldn't you just go to Disneyland? So maybe that wasn't the best place. So maybe a place like Chicago or Dallas, a Houston uh, a New York City, one of those places, a Philly, maybe a, a big place like that that's far away from Disney uh, would, would be an acceptable place. March 28th, 1997, the grand opening of Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex. This, they also kicked off this grand opening with an exhibition game between the Atlanta Braves and, and the Cincinnati Reds. So it was a spring training-ish game uh, prior to the start of the regular season, the 1997 regular season. But this was the first game played at what was called the ballpark. So it was later uh, Champions Stadium, right? Champions Stadium. That's where you run through during the Walt Disney World Marathon. But yeah, so the opening of the Wide World of Sports Complex, the opening of the ballpark. Um, I love Wide World of Sports. I, I can't wait for it to open back up and things get there. I've met many, many uh, a favorite uh, athlete there. I got to meet Deion Sanders there and a couple other people. So, and again, you get uh, you, you did run through it in the Walt Disney World Marathon, not this past one, but hopefully, I say hopefully that changed <laughs> that changes in the in the near future. A, a really big one here, uh, one of those kind of cool stories. Uh, we're talking about uh, Walt Disney and, and Disney history. March 28th, 2000. It's really weird to think that two, like 2000 sounds so, like, I mean, I know it's 21 years ago, but that sounds super recent. But that was when Disneyland lifted the ban on cast members wearing mustaches. This had been put in by Walt Disney himself and was a rule for cast members since 1957, even though Walt Disney himself had a mustache. He said, no mustaches. Um, but yes, in 2000, this was lifted. And I think now they could even have beards. Uh, so like, not like a 
full big yeah it has to be so i i wouldn't be allowed <laughs> but uh it has to be nicely trimmed and barely off the skin and stuff like that but yeah that's a, a big big thing right uh cast members being able to have uh mustaches 19 uh let's see where we oh no March 20th, 2001. I just said 2000. Why would I go back to the 19th? 2001, The Sorcerer's Hat debuts at MGM Studios. See, I went, my first time going was after 2001. So the only thing that I knew was The Sorcerer's Hat at MGM. I didn't know about, you know, the courtyard or that there was a shape of a Mickey Mouse head. So it was like a hidden Mickey from the sky. I didn't know anything about that. I only knew The Sorcerer's Hat. And I gotta say... I kind of miss it because again, it was all I knew. So, yep, I kind of miss it a little bit. Uh, but I really like that view of the Chinese theater. Moving on the next day, March 29th. Happy birthday to Eric Idle, or as you know him as Dr. Nigel Channing in Journey to Your Imagination. Uh, usually when I do birthdays and stuff it's usually for a cheap plug and this is not for a cheap plug is actually i would i would love to interview eric idol on the milo beasley show but the reason i mentioned this is a little bit of a funny story is eric idol was recently on twitter and somebody asked him if he had written or seen journey into your imagination and he said no he, but it was really weird because he said i filmed it why how would i have been able to see it and you know you could go after it opened, but yeah. So after Eric Idle filmed Journey, you know, all the parts to Journey, Journey to Your Imagination, he never actually went on the ride. So there's a little bit of trivia there. Uh, so yeah, Dr. Nigel Channing never actually got to see the inside of his office. March 29th, 2012, a 12-inch Buzz Lightyear toy that spent 50 months orbiting the Earth on the ISS, the International Space Station, is donated to the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum, located in Washington, D.C. I have been to the National Air and Space Museum, and I don't think I... I can't remember if I saw Buzz. This... All right, I'm gonna have to go through all my pictures to see if I did see... All right, that's it. Let's get... I'm getting... I got to go. I got to get back on a plane and I got to head to Washington. Uh, March 29th, 2019 live action Dumbo hits the screens and theaters in the United States. I did see the live action Dumbo only because it was free. I'm not a huge fan of the live action remakes and stuff, but it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was, it was a movie moving on to March 30th, <laughs> 2003. If you guys have been listening to past this week in Disney history, as you guys know that I am a huge run Disney fan. I've been doing marathons for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years at this point. Um, but prior to me actually doing the marathons in 2013, there was Disney's first in-line skate marathon. So Walt Disney World hosted an in-line marathon. 1,500 skaters. Uh, they did a 13.1 mile loop 
twice. So they did, it was, it was basically two half mile loops that went through all the, the parks. Now, my question is to you run Disney runners. If you could do 13.1 miles and just go through the theme parks and not go through the ancillary places like uh, Osceola or those, uh, the Bear Island, the Bear Creek Road or whatever it is. If you could just do that twice, would you rather do that? I think, I think, I mean, I'm going to, I don't want to say, I think I know, I know I would, I would want to run through those parks twice. That way you go like that first that you're like, Oh man, I wish I would have stopped to take that picture. Now you can stop to take that picture. So run Disney. Let's do this same in line. Um, so uh, getting back to the, inline, uh, I'm going off on a tangent for run Disney, but getting back to this in line skate marathon. Um, so it it lasted a couple of years. I think it discontinued in 2007, but I, up until this moment, I had never heard of an inline skate marathon taking place at Walt Disney world resort. Now, maybe, maybe we get it back when run Disney, maybe skate Disney, maybe we can reopen skate Disney as part of run Disney weekend. <laughs> okay. We're going to, um, I would, fall and hurt myself. March 30th, 2012, Disney's Once Upon a Dream Parade gives its final performance at Disneyland Paris. This had run since March 2007, so five years for Disney's Once Upon a Dream Parade. Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple days. <laughs> um, and then speaking of DLP, this is a big week for, for Disneyland Paris, by the way, in this week in Disney history, a lot of, uh, parades up and shows up and shows down parades down new stuff, new rides and stuff. So anyway, so in 2018, Disneyland Paris kicked off their pirates and princesses event. It was part of the 25th anniversary celebration. While I did get to participate and go to the 25th anniversary celebration, I did not go I did not get a chance to go to any of the pirates and princesses events while they were there. I think I, I think I, uh, yeah, I ended up missing it by a couple of days or something like that. So, uh, that would have been, um, I think that would have been a lot of fun. Love pirates, love princesses. Love. I, and of course I love Paris. So would have loved to see it. May. I mean, you know, Paris sometimes recycles things. So maybe not recycles, but, uh, that's the wrong word reuses brings back for a, a one-time celebration. So uh, you never know. So moving on March 31st, 1957, the grand Canyon diorama is added to the Disneyland railway. It's located between the uh, Tomorrowland and main street stops. And yes. And so for those of you who've been on the Disneyland railway, uh, you'll know this is where the dinosaurs were, but the dinosaurs were not actually added until nine years later, until 1966. That's all people know. <laughs> They're like, I didn't even know there was a Grand Canyon. All I know is there's a the dinosaurs. Yeah, they got the, the dinos, but we're just talking about the Anyway, uh, moving on March uh, 31st, Samantha Brown, happy birthday. If you guys do not know Samantha Brown, if you have stayed at a Disney, if you stayed at a Disney resort in the 2000s, 
you will know Samantha Brown as the lady who's on the Disney Resort channel telling you about the all the theme parks and the water parks and all the hidden, the top 10 things to do at, a, at the Walt Disney World. You know Samantha Brown. And the reason I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't personally know Samantha Brown, which is, you know, usually I do the birthday for people that I know or cheap plugs. But I, I mentioned this because my friend Guy Hutchinson was telling me that he, I, I, I can't remember if he set this up or if he wanted to set up, but he, um, I think he was setting up his guest room uh, to, yeah, he wanted his guest room to be a, basically a Disney resort, you know, have the wallpaper, the bedding and all that stuff. And he would, he said he wanted to show the, the Samantha Brown top 10 Disney resort, you know, video on loop playing in his guest room for people staying at his house. I think at that point I would rent a room at Guy Hutchinson's house for a night just to, uh, relive that experience of being there in the 2000s. Uh, March 31st, 1989. I am a sucker for cheese and cheesy promotions at Disneyland. We don't do these anymore. We talked about them last year. There was a, a Herbie day where they had a bunch of Volkswagen Beetles. There was Super Hooper Duper day in which there were 1,500 hula hoopers at, uh, at Disneyland. But this was 1989. Chubby Checker hosted the world's largest twist party where 2,248 twisters danced at disneyland man we need we need more of these things when the world opens back up we're gonna do the super hooper duper hula hoop day we're bringing back the pancake races we're bringing back the world's largest twist party we're gonna it's gonna be the world's largest twist party march 31st 2002 Primeval World opens up at Disney's Animal Kingdom as part of Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama. Primeval World since closed in March 2020. Hey, what is that? 18, 18 years? I guess I had a good run. Still no clue what's going there. Have Has anybody heard any rumors about what's going to replace Primeval World at, uh, at Animal Kingdom and Dino-Land? I love Dino Land, by the way. Anybody who bashes it, uh, you're you're fired from my life. Uh, March thirty first, two thousand and twelve, the Disney Fantasy launches its inaugural voyage out of Port Canaveral. Man, I really can't wait to go on a Disney cruise again. Gosh, um, but it's odd to think that man, the the fantasy has only been around for eight years and now we have the, the wish coming out this next year i don't know when anymore but yeah so the fantasy has only been around for eight years nine years now yeah it's it's 2021 so uh nine years it doesn't seem that long so been lucky enough fortunate enough to be on the fantasy a couple times absolutely love that ship um it's one of my top four favorite disney cruises uh, <laughs> so bad i know the jokes they only get worse uh march 31st 2015 innoventions at disneyland has its last day it was um 
a two-story building over in Tomorrowland. I think now it houses like uh, the one of the Star Wars things, right? Yeah, but before it was it was Intervention, similar to Interventions over at Epcot. But I one re- the the one reason why I wanted to absolutely talk about Interventions was because if you got to go, I think it was 2014. Yeah, 2004. So 2014 in early 2015, one of the coolest experiences I've had at Disney and meeting a Disney character was Thor's throne room, which I as it was actually Odin's throne room, but you know, Thor took over. So it was one of the coolest things you um, got transported to Asgard's uh, to Asgard and you got to go into the throne room. It was like a little show, like it was kind of like a little show, you know, Thor would ask you to try to pick up the hammer. And of course, you know, all these guys, yeah, I'm going to pick up the hammer and nobody could pick up the hammer. And then Thor walks up, picks up the hammer because only Thor is worthy enough to pick up. Uh, I, I'm not even going to pronounce I'm not even going to try. I, I have cotton mouth right now from talking already. So my mumble mouth is not working. So we're going to go with Thor's hammer. <laughs> you guys are all screaming uh, the name right now. And I, I, can, I can barely pronounce it when I'm not all tongue tied. So, uh, but yeah, it was seriously one of the coolest meet and greet opportunities. Dare I say, probably the coolest meet and greet opportunity. I know a lot of people share uh, this exact same belief that I have. Uh, 2019, speaking of Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle opens at Hong Kong Disneyland. Never been, so I don't know anything about it other than like it uses the same track and layout and everything as uh, Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, which it replaced. So if you're familiar with Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, you know the track of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So moving on April 1st. So uh, I was thinking about making a bunch of April Fool's false facts here, but (laughs) I decided, no, I would actually give you some actual real facts for April 1st. Some of these like this, this next one I'm going to talk about is actually really cool. So April 1st, 1946, Frank Thomas, not the baseball player, but the animator, who's actually one of Walt's nine old men. You may know him from, I mean, all every historical Disney movie, Snow White, Bambi, uh, Brave Little Taylor, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Lady in the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, Sword in the Stones, 101 Dalmatians, Mary Poppins, the list goes on and on and on. Whoa great great animator but this was the day that he actually returned to work at disney studios after serving four years in the army air corps during world war ii that's right frank thomas one of the greatest disney animators to ever live took a four-year hiatus from working to go serve his country across seas and then came back in 1946 and continued his work at Walt Disney Studios. Didn't I, I love Frank Thomas. And I love his work. Did not know this about him 
And now that I do, I respect and admire him even more. That's a lot of dedication. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I can't even, I can't even put it into, uh, into words. So uh, God bless you, Frank Thomas. April 1st, 1973, what folks may have thought wasn't an April Fool's, Walt Disney World raises its prices for the second time since opening October 1st, uh, 1971. Tickets were, prior to this day, $3.75, but they raised them a whole 75 cents and tickets into Walt Disney World are now $4.50. Not only that, they raised the price of the ticket books as well. The nerve, $4.50. Holy rich people could go. April 1st, 1995, Blizzard Beach opens up at the Walt Disney World Resort. Love Blizzard Beach. And actually, I think, was, was that? I actually ran, yeah, so it was, yes. So you heard me say we used to run through Wide World of Sports. Last year, we actually, last year, two, two years ago, we actually ran through Blizzard Beach instead of running through Wide World of Sports. Uh, April 1st, 2000, in a bit of an April Fool's promotion, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril at Disneyland Paris turned their carts backwards. This ride is so scary. I, it makes you like you, I mean, you know, you're safe, but there's a part of you that doesn't know you're safe. I, and then, so after, after they, so they left this like this for a while. And occasionally I think that they will flip it for going from backwards to forwards or forwards to backwards. I have never ridden it backwards and I don't know if I care to. This ride is so, it is, it, it looks like a little kitty coaster and it is, it is so scary. Um, look, if you look up videos of it online, you're going to be like, Milo, what, you're such a little chicken. It's scary, dude. You feel like you're going to fall out the entire time. Don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> again, speaking of Paris, I told you a huge week at Paris, April 1st, 2012. We just talked about uh, the Once Upon a Disney's Once Upon a Dream Parade having its final run, a new parade uh, titled Disney Magic on Parade. Uh, incorporates a new, it's, it's similar parade, new song, Magic everywhere which is when i wrote this down was in my head the entire time up until at this moment and now it's back in my head uh, as part of the uh, disneyland paris's 20th anniversary celebration um they're also at a new nighttime show called disney dreams so that would run for five years until uh, disney illuminations so I love Paris and I absolutely can't wait to go back. April 2nd. Yes. So there we go. See, everything I said April 1st was true. No fools. Although maybe I should have added one thing. Can I go back and record this? April 1st, 2021. No. Uh, April 2nd, 1930. A big, big day. Clarabelle Cal first up is for the first time appears in a Mickey Mouse comic strip. Now. This is where Disney character historians 
like you know can you know argue on what is Clarabelle's first actual appearance. Uh, there was a cow in Plain Crazy. There was a cow in the Plowboy. 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 Yeah, Plowboy. Because it rhymes with cowboy. The Plowboy. And Horace Horse Collar is in Plowboy along with this cow, but the cow doesn't have a name. It wasn't until this appearance in this Mickey Mouse comic strip that Clarabelle Cow had a name. So is this the first appearance of Clarabelle? Or do you consider Plowboy to be a first appearance, even though she didn't have a name and it was just a anthropomorphic cow? uh i don't i'm gonna go this is a first appearance this is this is clarabelle's birthday it's her name birthday so i'll let you guys argue on the internet when her first appearance was april 2nd 2001 after a two-year hiatus spectral magic returns to the magic kingdom i uh i'm trying to think I only got to see Spectro only a handful of times because back when I was, I was only able to go those in those early two thousands, just a handful until I became an, a, a regular and then uh, Spectro wasn't there anymore. So don't get to see it. Speaking of things you don't get to see and that nobody saw home on the range <laughs> was released in theaters this day in 2004. Moving on, April 2nd, 2007, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor opens up at the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. Aliens telling jokes. Why? Why? You know where I'm going with this, right? Why is the joke show not opening on April 1st? What? Tell why? Who was in charge? Who was in charge of the fact that the joke show wasn't on the joke day? Anyways, I have, uh, uh, I have some friends who were a part of that opening show. Uh, friends who, you know, were there for the last show and Hopefully Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's, it's a lot of fun. And yes, I have been that guy. If you guys have been to the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and you know who that guy is, yes, I have been that guy. I got a cool sticker that says that guy. So uh, yeah, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Happy birthday, April 2nd. April 2nd, 2016, one of my favorite shows this was the final performance, the final show of Lights, Motors, Action at Hollywood Studios. Not the final performance of Lights, Motors, Actions at Disneyland Paris, Disney Studios, but at Hollywood Studios in Florida. This way would tear it down to make way for Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land. I loved, I loved Lights, Motors, Actions. It was fun. It was hot on those July, like you would go and go to star Wars weekends. And when you're done meeting everyone, or you just want to sit down somewhere, you would just go over and hang out at the stadium for lights, motors, actions. I guarantee you, if you went to star Wars weekends, this was part of your plans. Don't deny it. And you're gonna be like, Whoa, I, it was, I just wanted the place to sit down and eat my hot dog. Absolutely. 
that's where you went. Moving on, April 3rd, just want to say happy birthday to my sister, Sarah, most likely isn't listening. So I'll take it back if you don't listen. Uh, April 3rd, 1953. Nope, not her birthday. <laughs> but this was, so uh, I, I definitely wanted to talk about this one. And so this one, you know, I, I mentioned selling Walt's name before. This was a big one. So April 3rd, 1953, Walt Disney signs a contract that gives Walt Disney Incorporated the right to license Disney, Walt Disney's name for all commercial purposes. This would lead the way for Disneyland, Walt Disney World. Walt Disney presents Wonderful World of Disney. Anything that said Disney could now be sold by the uh, Walt Disney Incorporated. So, yeah. So because of this day, this contract sign, we now have Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, there's Tokyo Disneyland, you know, we, so we have all these things, Disney Plus. So um, this huge document was a total of two pages long. Think about all that, lawyer friends and business friends. The contract to use Walt Disney's name for all commercial purposes was two pages long. Uh, in 1989, Newsweek features a story called Mickey's New Magic, talking about the upcoming MGM Studios Park that would open on May 1st of that year. But this was uh, an article letting everyone know what to expect when MGM Studios opens up to guest in just, uh, what is that? Two months, two months come out to MGM. I, um, I would love to, uh, I'm going to have to go and do my research to see if that this Newsweek article is actually still online in some, in some, uh, not still online. I mean, actually online. So I can read just to see if there, there's anything left. There's anything left of MGM studios in its infancy. And then the last thing this week, April 3rd, 2016, Muppets Courtyard opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It would open up incomplete though, as the greatest eatery on Disney property, Pizza Rizzo would not open up till November. I could do an entire, entire podcast about Pizza Rizzo and my love for Pizza Rizzo. But now is not the time. So yes, this date, 2016, the Muppets Courtyard. I mean, there was already a Muppets area, but this was like an official, like this tied it all together. So refurb, if you will. So that will do it for this week. So thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, it's been, uh, this was a fun week. When I was putting this stuff together, I was like, wow, wow, wow. Oh man, that's really cool. So uh, this was a, a really fun week for me and I hope it was a fun week for you listening and I hope you got something out of it. So that way you could tap the guy in front of you and say, hey, did you know, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> so thank you for hanging out with me and don't forget to catch new episodes of the Milo Beasley show on the YouTube. And yeah, subscribe to this thing, tell your friends, tell everyone, and I will see you next week 
for this week in Disney history. 